So we've been talking a little bit about um, Matthew chapter 5, and we talked about blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs will be the kingdom of heaven, and blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. But today we want to talk about blessed are the meek, the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And so I think there's a lot to that, and especially around the Christmas season, for us to think about these things, because there's times... During Christmas, people have some great memories of family members that have gone on to be with the Lord, and, and, uh, and you can relive some of the, that legacy that was left behind. But there's also a, a thing to just realize what Jesus has done for you and what he's given for us, and we, we really don't deserve it. Amen? And so we need to not only be humble, but there needs to be meek. There were, in, in the Bible... There's only two people that were mentioned that were really meek, Moses and Jesus. Moses and Jesus. And uh, so they are highlighted in Scripture. But anyway, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Proverbs 16, 32 says, Whoever is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. I've seen in my life a reckless person is one having no control over what comes out of them. A reckless person is a person that has no control out of what comes out of them. And I've seen people snap and do things they wouldn't do in the right mind. And I'm like, Lord, we just need that spirit of meekness. And we, we see even in our nation um, uh, things going on and, and uh, accusations. We're seeing all these people coming across the border. We don't know what they're doing. We hear people stand up and cry because somebody's upset at a school board and they're giving their opinion which they have a right to do or or they're speaking things and as a believer when we speak things we get we get made fun of we get persecuted but yet I think about what two years ago you know 200 fires being set across America things being pillaged and people actually lost their lives over Antifa and all this rioting and stuff that took place, but yet there's nothing mentioned about that anymore. And, and as a believers, we want to pray and we want to remain meek, but we also want to be able to stand for the truth, amen, and not back down for what God's called us to do, to be a light in this world. And, uh, you know, so we have to be careful. A reckless person is one having no control of what comes out of them. They release emotional reactions. I don't want to be one that's just out releasing emotional reactions and doing something because I've seen a lot of people get caught up in evil when they do that. But what I want to do is I want to be able to have my heart exposed with the fruit of the Spirit. And we're seeing a lot of hearts that are being exposed today because there's a lot of things going on. But can I tell you, God's still in charge. It's the Christmas season. People are coming to Christ. There are revivals taking place in churches. There are awakenings taking place around the world. There is a huge movement of God in Iran. Literally hundreds of thousands of believers and more coming to Christ. There, there's a huge movement in the underground church in China. Things going on there. The church is flourishing in Africa. And we're just saying, God, one more. Revival in America and an awakening in America so that we can see a mighty hand. I want our children and our grandchildren to see one more great move of God. Amen? Amen. 
So giving Christmas through love is what I titled this, and, and really it's about a power controlled by love. And so we want to be able to do that. We want to be able to set forth his love in our lives. Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flows the springs of life. We want to guard our hearts. Some of the people that are closest to us can cause us a lot of problems. Amen? They can say and do things and hurt us and wound us. Can I tell you something? If you'll just turn that other cheek and keep loving them, keep letting them know that you care about them. You know, Shaloi and I, we can have intense fellowship once in a while. Anybody ever have that in your house, intense fellowship? And, uh, but I can look into those big blue eyes, and she can bat them at me, and I can go, oh, I still love her so much. She's a little feisty today. She's a little fired up, but I love her so much. And, I, and the Lord reminds me that she's his daughter, and I'm his son. And we got to remember that about one another, that that person God loves them so much, he died for them too, amen? And so we want to make sure we don't get caught up in some of the negativity. And the problem is we tend to put a fence around our lives. We pick up an offense and, or a disappointment, and it can taint our attitude towards somebody. You ever had that happen? Somebody say something or do something, or you picked up an offense, and it really wasn't even against you, but you picked it up. You hear me say this all the time. When somebody offends somebody, God gives those two grace to work it out. But when a third party enters in, when you tell your mom and dad or you tell your, your sister or your brother or your best friend what they've done to you, they can pick up the offense, but God doesn't give them grace to forgive. You and I, if we have an offense, God gives us grace. So be careful what you share, amen? Because we're all flawed. We're all flawed and we have struggles. I'm a competitive person. Do we have any competitive people here? I, I don't like to lose. And, and so, but I'm a graceful loser most of the time. And, but I, I play golf on Thursdays on my day off, but with winter coming, I, I was talking to the guys that I play with. They're like, what are we going to do? They're like, hey, let's go axe throwing. Let's, let's, let's go and uh, uh, we'll take and do some archery competition, and then we'll do some bowling. So we started out with bowling, and I bowled really bad. And one guy bowling with us, he shot like a 190. And I'm like, all right, I'm honing in on this bowling now. And I told my wife, I'm not going to get beat like that again. And so anyway, so I started honing in on this bowling, and and, uh, and, and I started watching what people were doing, and all of a sudden, I shot like a 178 and a 174 and a 168, and I beat him. And I'm like, yes! <laughs> and he's like, you okay? I said, no, but I'm feeling better. Because <laughs> I want to beat that top score that you got. And he's like, well, I bowled in leagues. I know you have, but I'm going to get you, man. But it's all in good fun. It's just a lot of fun competition. But you have to be careful that you don't want to win at any cost. Amen? You know, I play golf with guys, and, I, and they'll get ready to putt or something, and I'll say, Lord, if there's any, any pride in their life, Lord, before they hit this putt, Lord, if there's any pride, they'll miss it. <laughs> and they'll miss it, didn't they, Mike? And they get really upset when I, because I said that to them. <laughs> 
And they'll do it to me, and I'll laugh whether I miss or not, because I just know, I just like having fun. But, you know, you have to be careful with your attitude. Because I don't want to win at the cost of somebody else, honestly. I look at something like golf or bowling. It's an individual game. If I lose, it's because of me, you know. And I am grateful. So I told my brother, I said, hey, I'm picking up bowling. And he's in leagues. He's like, well, let's bowl. Meet me at lunch tomorrow. So I did. I met him at lunch. And I started bowling really good, and he got real serious. And you know what my little brother did? He bowled a 200. Clean my clock. I'm like, we're on. You meet me once a week for lunch, buddy. But um, anyway, if we're not careful, we'll put a fence around it. And we'll take up an offense. And we have to be careful because it'll taint our attitudes. The first point today is this. What is meekness? What is meekness? Well, first of all, meekness is not weakness. Being meek does not mean that you're weak. Meekness is strength under control. Strength under control. Now, I know some of you don't really care about competitions or whatever, and I'm good with that, but that's just the way I am made. I, I really, I don't think a pastor is really a good pastor if he's not competitive. I, I don't believe a CEO is a good CEO if he's not competitive. I believe there's, there's that drive in them that they want to they accomplish things. They want to make things happen. So I don't think it's a bad thing. You just have to make sure it's not controlling you. Amen? And it's not hurting others. So meekness is not weakness. It's strength under control. Like I said, there were two men mentioned, Jesus and Moses, as some of the meekest on the earth as they lived. Neither were pushovers in life. Amen? Neither one of those guys were pushovers. In the Greek, meek was defined as a wild horse that had been tamed or medicine that tamed a fever. A wild horse that had been tamed or medicine that tamed a fever. So it's like it's in us, but it's like learning to lay things down, our pride, our arrogance. And if we could do that in marriage, oh, my goodness. Because with me... Being that competitive person, Mary and Shaloy, I always wanted things to be a competition. And that didn't work very well. Because she didn't think a lot of it was funny. I remember I was tickling her one time. She said, stop. And I said, oh, no, you're laughing. She said, I said, stop. And I kept tickling. Oh, she got mad. But I just kept going. And oh, she got up and she was going to clean my clock. When I say stop, you stop. Oh, and I, I learned a lesson with two black eyes that you don't do that stuff anymore. And no, she didn't really black my eyes, but but I learned from her reaction, don't go. There's a certain level there, you gotta stop. Um so you gotta be careful what you do. I saw this show where there was a group of gangsters, and they were gangster bikers, and they came into this place, and this guy was eating, and it was a pool hall. And they came in, and one guy walked over, and he took whatever was in his cup, and he poured it over this guy sitting eating. And then he took his food, and he dumped it in his lap. And all the other gangster guys were like, yeah, yeah. The guy just never said anything. He just 
wiped himself off, got up, and he left. And uh, anyway, the, the guy, that, the biker that did this looked over at the, the gal that was waitressing and, and um, said to him, he's not much of a man, is he? And she said, yeah, he's not much of a driver either because he's driving over all those motorcycles out there as he's leaving. I'm not saying that's how you react. But we have to learn to lower ourselves for the good of others. You might want to write that down. Lower yourself for the good of others. Why is it that our pride gets in the way? We have to lower ourselves for the good of others. 2 Timothy, when you think about that, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and love and of a sound mind and of self-control. Happy are those who do not rule over other people on purpose, trying to dominate them. We have to be very careful. We've got to remember that we're controlled by love as believers. Amen? We can be firm. We can state our opinion. We can pray. We can seek the Lord. But we've got to be controlled by love. And even within our family, we have to be controlled. Your children are different. You have to make sure you don't exasperate your children and cause them to get all upset because of your attitude. You have to teach and treat each child differently and learn their heart, learn their love language. Be careful how you handle them. Amen? Look at point number two here. Happy are those who do not overreact. Happy are those who do not overreact. Our reactions can get us into a lot of trouble. Are we, do we have any road ragers here? You get upset on the highway. Mm-hmm. Do we have any folks, you're not getting better, you seem to be getting worse with age? You know, you've got to learn that you don't know what they're doing, what they're on, what situation is going on in their life. You just need to be able to chill out. I remember when my wife would ride with me and she would say to me, you drive like an old man. Now, she could put the pedal to the metal and she could get around things, but she would ride with me. She goes, you drive like an old man. And now she asked me, you don't drive like an old man. And what's changed in you? You scare me. <laughs> I think what happened was I got this little quick pickup and it was quick and, of course, it was a clutch, and you had to, you know, it was a four-speed. You had to shift and everything. Now, some of you people don't even know what that is. Um, but, uh, um, but, man, I would rev it up and put it in gear and pop it and go, and, and it, it just got to be a lot of fun and stuff, and it kind of changed my driving habits. You have to be really careful what you're doing out there, but you can't let somebody get to you, and then you react in the wrong way. And that's not easy, I'm telling you. Jesus is telling us, happy are those who do not overreact to people or to circumstances. When someone wants to serve you, be understanding and not demanding. This is how you overcome this. Four ways to help you not to react in the wrong way. When someone wants to serve you, be understanding, not demanding. You're not better than them. Be understanding, not demanding. 
It's important that we get that. Philippians 2, 4 through 5, let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. Having this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. You know, years ago they had that WWJD, what would Jesus do? And, and that's something to kind of keep in mind. What would Jesus do on the road? Anymore, honestly, I don't like looking at other cars or who's in there because you never know if they have a gun or what they're on. Seriously. It's just better to just keep going. What was it? Uh, less than a year ago, somebody was out here at 231 and, and State Road 25 just pulling up, and a car pulled up beside him. He didn't know him. Didn't, they, they fired four shots into his car. Didn't hit him, but oh my goodness, we live with some crazy people out there. And so it's better, you know, be careful how you react and what you say. First Peter, if you look at that scripture there, First Peter 3, verses 4 and 7, but let your adorning be, hidden, be the hidden person of heart with imperishable beauty of a gentle and a quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. Guys, be careful how you treat your wife. Be gentle. You don't want your prayers being hindered. Do you understand your wrong attitude and what you're doing can actually affect your marriage? And that can happen on both ends of that. So we've got to be really careful with that. The second thing on being able to react in the right way is, is be there. When someone disappoints you, be gentle, not judgmental. We're all going to be disappointed. Somebody's going to do something to disappoint us, whether it's at work, a coworker, somebody in the family. There are going to be, believe it or not, there are going to be people at, be people at Church of Life that are going to be disappointed with their Christmas presents. Don't let that ruin your Christmas. Just tell them to get gift receipts. You can go back and get what you want. Don't get so upset about that. Romans 14.1, as for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. Man, that's a good scripture for politics today. Because, man, there are certain people in the family you don't bring up politics to. There are certain people in the family you don't bring up certain things to because, man, it will, it will light them up. So you got to be careful. Galatians 6, verses 1 and 2. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Man, there's a lot right there in Galatians 6, 1 and 2. We are to be careful to restore somebody gentle, why is it with family we can be so hard on them and not restore them gentle? Why can't we go the extra mile? Because what's happened is they have become common to us. And we take them for granted when we need to be able to say, if you were a stranger, I probably wouldn't re be responding like this. But you know better. But no, don't judge them down. Just be gentle on how you do it. Amen? 
Be gentle on how you do it. We need to do that every day. And sometimes it's tough when a family member's really let you down. I want you to write this down. Happiness comes when you accept people who have not obtained your level of perfection. Happiness comes when you accept people who have not obtained your level of perfection. Happiness comes when you accept people that aren't your level. Because some of us tend to project us on others. Well, this is how I would have handled it. But they're not you. They're not you. Don't you remember when you were first dating somebody and, and you would go to the movies with them and you would go to their favorite things? And, and uh, I'd never ice skated in my life and Shaloi wanted to go ice skating and I'm like, I don't really want to go to ice skate. But because she wanted to go, I went ice skating. I've never been since. No, no, just tease but I was doing things that she wanted to do. The problem is you get married and then you quit doing it. Come on now. And, and you've got to learn that there's a giving in relationships. Amen? I was not a shopper. Shaloy was a shopper. Now, she's not a spender, but she's a shopper. I wanted to shoot the blouse, bag it, and get it home. And we would go, and after about... I, I kid you, after 15 minutes, I was just like laying on the cart like, I am dying. I am dying. She's like, just, just shop with me. Oh, my gosh, I hate this. And it, now I like to shop. But I still want to bag the blouse and get it home, and I'll, I'll help her. I'll be like, do you like this one? How about this one? No, no. How about this one? Yeah, no. And, and, and then she would look at me, and she would go, I just, I, I, you know, we've been doing this for an hour and a half. I'd like to go get a cup of coffee. What? We don't have the blouse. We'll come back. Come back? But I've learned, okay, let's go get coffee. And now I can shop 23 minutes. I do shop more. I, I've, really, I've learned because she loves it, and, and I'm like, okay, let's do it together. And as long as she keeps me fed, I'm in good shape. Never take joy in a fellow believer's demise. I wrote that down. Never take joy in a fellow believer's demise. Your love or your approval should not be based on selfish standards that you have set. Amen? Sometimes we project our standard on others, and we've got to realize God's trying to mold us. I look at marriages like this. And as we're married longer, we become more like each other. There's a lot of truth in that. I'm telling you, as people are married a long time, they start looking like each other. They start looking like each other, like, oh, my gosh. But we've got to be able to just lower our standards in the sense that not yielding who we are, but be able to say, hey, you know, I've got to quit pushing who I am on you. It's important. Meekness helps us to be gentle and not judgmental. The third thing there under how to control our reactions, when somebody disagrees with you, be tender without surrender. Learn to be tender. 
You don't have to yield your opinion, but you can be tender. I love hearing the opposite thing. Shaloi loves to challenge me. She'll say, well, you know, I was thinking about this, and what about the flip side of that? And I was like, yeah. And so I was messing with her the other day, and I said, babe, what if? What if Jesus already came back? What if the millennial reign is pretty much over, and we're in the last part of the millennial reign where Satan has been unleashed? She's like, what? What What are you saying? I'm just throwing something out there to get you to think about it. Don't do that kind of stuff to me. <laughs> she's just like, she's like I, well, what about this? What about Jesus coming back? Well, maybe he did. Maybe it was, you know, right after his resurrection. Maybe he really did come back and we could. And she's like, I said, I'm just, I'm just getting you to think something. Think out of the box. Now, now people, don't take that as gospel there, okay? <laughs> but what I want you to understand, sometimes we have to get out of our normal pattern to be able to look at things. I want to hear your view so I can think about it. I want to hear where you're at so I can dialogue and not be so judgmental but I'm not going to yield something I believe that's in the Word of God. Amen? So I really don't believe we're in the millennial reign. Okay, just want to correct that. With some, I was just kind of doing that to her to mess with her a little bit. So when somebody disagrees with you, be tender without surrender. You can write this down. It's a fact. I cannot please everyone. That's a fact. Especially mother-in-laws, spouses, parents, bosses. In today's society, even in a family, you can turn from a zero to a hero pretty quick. And you can turn from a hero to a zero pretty quick. Amen? You just have to remind ourselves we're in Christ. A test of maturity is how you handle disgruntled people. We usually do one of these three things. I think they're going to be on the board there. How do we handle disgruntled people? We retreat in fear. We attack in anger. Or we respond in kindness. To remain meek does not mean you compromise your convictions. You can be tender without surrendering. Proverbs 15.1 says, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Why is it we get so harsh with one another? Siblings, oh man, they can be mean to one another, say things they shouldn't say. Elbow your, elbow your sibling if they're sitting next to you and say, hey, that's, that's you. You do that. I'm watching all four of Natasha's kids elbow them right now. James 3, 16, 17, for, for where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy, good fruits, impartial, and sincere. To be meek also means to be gentle. Somebody say hallelujah. 
To be meek also means to be gentle. Shalane, I've learned we can agreeably disagree. Can you do that in your marriage? We can agreeably disagree. A person that wants to continue to push an argument has an ego problem. And, and, and that pride problem is nothing more than insecurity. We can still walk hand in hand without seeing eye to eye. Somebody say amen. We can do that. As a matter of fact, variety can spice up your life. Meekness is needed for spiritual leadership. We don't want to be full of contention. We want to gently instruct. There's a quote from way back, and uh, it's going to be up there. They're going to put this quote up there. We need to have unity in the essentials. In the non-essentials, we need to have liberty. But in all things, we need to have charity, which is love. Let me say that again. We need to have unity in the essentials. We need to be gentle and, and, and have liberty so we can, we can agree on the basics of God's Word. We can disagree on the non-essentials of God's Word. But we should always have love for one another. So, in closing today, we need to be understanding, not demanding. Gentle, not judgmental. We need to be tender without surrender. And lastly, the last point is this D. When someone corrects you, you need to be teachable, not unreachable. When somebody corrects you, be teachable, not unreachable. This can help a lot of things going on with your children when you've got conflict or in your marriage or with somebody. You need to be teachable, not unreachable. James 1.19, know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear and slow to speak and slow to anger. Would you stand with me this morning? I've heard people say this all the time. It's the reason God gave you two ears and one mouth. So you can listen twice as much as you speak. None of us have it all together, amen? But as we have family and friends coming over for Christmas, we can say, man, I just, I want to be able to be meek and just enjoy their presence, enjoy who they are. And sometimes it means just setting self aside and just listening to them just listening to him. So with your heads bowed this morning, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you can accept him and make him your Lord. You can just say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Become my Lord and Savior. I receive you and I believe in you. But if you're here this morning and you say, oh, and I really struggle with meekness, I've been hurt and wounded so many times in the past or presently. I just react. My pride, my ego, I just want to defend. I get so upset and critical. If that's you this morning, nobody looking around, would you just lift your hand and say, just remember me in prayer. I do struggle with this. Yes. I see a lot of hands going up. Oh, my goodness. Anybody else just remembering your prayer? You're being honest. Yes. 
Yes, you can put them down. Anybody else, just remember me. I want to be meeker. It shouldn't always be about me winning or me having my way. It should really never be that way. I don't want to be influenced by resentment or choosing to hate because when I do that, then I'm letting others control my life. That's not who I'm. Anybody else remember me in prayer? I just don't want that. It's one guy or one gal at work or this person in the neighborhood. They're just, quit allowing them to control you. Learn to love them. Lord, you see all these hands. I just pray, God, that you just touch them today. Help them to see how important it is for them to know that you love them and you were one of the meekest persons that ever walked the earth. Help us to take on meekness. Because, Lord, you told us in your word, if we'll do that, we're going to inherit the earth. There are things you're going to pour into our lives. So forgive me of being prideful and arrogant. If you lift your hand, just say that to yourself. Forgive me for being prideful and arrogant. Help me to be meek. And with whoever that person or that group of people that tend to really trip your tick, trigger the most and get you so upset, God, help me to love them through your eyes. To get beyond their faults, to get beyond their competitive spirit or their deeds that seem to be so evil to try to tip my cup. Help me to love them in spite of them. Help me to have a sound mind to walk in your power, as 2 Timothy 1.7 says, and to be led by your spirit and to be ruled, God, by your love. That's really what I want. I want to be ruled by your love so that others can see you in me. So I pray for all those that lifted their hand. You'll touch them and strengthen them. Give us a great week as we prepare for Christmas. Help us to invite somebody to one of the two services next Sunday. Lord, it could be their opportunity to come to know you. Help us to use that influence for your kingdom. And those that are going to be traveling, give them a safe trip as they're on the road, as they come home. Let them be a light for you. This may be the last Christmas they'll be with some of their family members because those may be gone in the next year. Just help us to love others in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week.